Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. Now, it's been quite a while since we've looked into the works of Antonin Dvorak. And though we're a bit late to fit into carnival season directly, we thought it's still worth looking at his rousing carnival overture. I think it might just be pronounced carnival, not okay. not j- like the whole carnival, <laughs> but just generic carnival. <laughs> So this piece was produced as part two of three overtures, originally all meant to be published together under an opus titled Nature, Life, and Love. Nature was represented by the overture in Nature's Realm, Life by the aforementioned Carnival, and Love by the overture Othello. Though they ended up each being published separately, Dvorak did premiere them all together in 1892. The first performance was in Prague as a dedication to the Prague Conservatory. Later that year, Dvorak made the North American premiere of the works in New York. He had recently been appointed the director of the National Conservatory of Music, and he made his conducting debut with the triptych. To put in perspective, Dvorak wrote his famous New World Symphony the following year, in 1893, so he had developed his signature sound already that mixed folk songs harmoniously with orchestral practices. Dvorak himself wrote a brief program note about the piece. Quote, The lonely, contemplative wanderer reaches the city at nightfall, where a carnival is in full swing. On every side is heard the clangor of instruments, mingled with shouts of joy and the unrestrained hilarity of people giving vent to their feelings in their songs and dance tunes. So let's make our way into the carnival and see what it has to offer. Of note, we'll be listening to a band arrangement of the piece today, However, Dvorak did originally write this piece, of course, for orchestra. Now, based on the program note, you might think the piece would start quietly as the onlooker is walking out of the peaceful night, and finally the carnival coming into view. Well, Dvorak actually wants to skip all that boring lead-up and just get us to the fun part. So, the piece starts out in a spirited manner right from the beginning. This first theme we'll refer to as the carnival theme, and it will come back several times throughout the piece. It has several characteristics right away. First, there is syncopation. There is frilly scalar eighth notes. And there is a snapping rhythm that sounds rather folksy. The second theme presented in the intro is simultaneously more restrained than the first theme due to the subito piano dynamic but also much more intense note-wise, because at this tempo, the eighth notes really move along. And in a traditional ABA form, the first theme comes back, but this time on the repeat, Dvorak changes the harmonic structure. Original iteration, 
The melody and chords are in A major, however, by simply lowering the third, C sharp, to C natural, Dvorak has effortlessly put us into A minor instead. doesn't last long before we move to a new section. This is a high contrast from what we've heard so far, as we start the first two measured with whole note chords. This gives a much slower paced feeling than the frantic eighth notes we have been hearing. I would say this section is much more of a fanfare, perhaps like a parade, rather than a carnival? One could parade through the carnival. That's very true. <laughs> this section also explores some other fun keys. We, of course, start in A major. However, for the second phrase, Dvorak takes us to the fourth or subdominant of the scale, which is D major. And while this is not technically breaking any harmonic rules, it is just a bit unusual, as our ears may be anticipating either staying in A or moving to E major, which is the dominant, and fifth instead. So it just keeps things a little more interesting. There's also a fun bit at the end of this section where the eighth note arpeggios are passed through the ensemble from high to low. And here now is a transition where we're just building tension, but not really developing themes. Now, one interesting way that Dvorak accomplishes this is to have a repeated motif that has chromatic movement below it. This is similar to what he did earlier, switching the theme from major to minor, just by changing one note. And our next section is completely different. The theme is much more lilting and back to that bouncy carnival feel. And this is especially so towards the ends of this section, as the ensemble spins out the rapid eighth notes again, and the brass comes in with declarative chords that sound like it could actually be the end of the piece. Instead, we move into something entirely different. As the instruments wind down, we get a small harp arpeggio that's almost reminiscent of Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker, and this leads us into an English horn solo that turns into a duet with the flute. The English horn was actually one of Dvorak's favorite instruments, and so it's no surprise he featured it here. This section was also described by Dvorak as a couple, or suitors, stepping away into the quiet of the night. In this section, to represent the quiet of the natural world outside the carnival, we have this theme, here played in the band arrangement by the alto sax. Now this theme is actually the main theme in Dvorak's In Nature's Realm Overture, 
thus showing how these pieces are related to each other. This nature theme also shows up in the final overture, Love, Othello. And if audiences heard these overtures all back to back, I'm sure that they would pick up on the repeated themes to understand the references that Dvorak was making and understand how they all fit together as part of a larger triptych. Now this slower section, though lovely, does kind of lull the audience to sleep, but Dvorak ever the trickster doesn't let us get any peace. Without really resolving this section as thoroughly as he did with our first section, we are rather rudely awakened back to the carnival. There seems to be some dramatic urgency in this next section. There is a longer melody in the low notes with very hurried eighth notes again in the upper voices in minor key as though there's some disaster that may have befallen the carnival. They're running out of funnel cakes! Oh, I was thinking like an elephant got loose or something, but okay. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have very different dis definitions of disasters. <laughs> Both are disastrous in their own rights. <laughs> but eventually we do return to some order back to the full fanfare parade theme from earlier, but this is the development section of the piece, and we will modulate as such. Circle of fifths in one. After the more diminished style of modulations that we'd heard previously, the circle of fifths here almost sounds like cheating. But of course, as you know, as the modulations get faster, the big recapitulation section must be coming. And so it does, with all its carnival glory. The section transitioning into the coda is quite entertaining. Dvorak has the upper voices playing those busy eighth notes we're familiar with, but on alternating beats he has low voices followed by the brass. It's a very subtle color change on each beat, but it does give more interest than if it was just one set of instruments oompahing back and forth on their own. Additionally, we really yet ramp up the use of percussion. To give a more Eastern European or Bohemian vibe, the tambourine comes into play in a major way. But in true code of fashion, we give the people what they want. Repeated motifs, underscored by a driving beat with an overall five to one harmonic structure. One crazy progression right in the middle of all this, though, that sounds like an opening up of the ensemble. At first, before I actually looked at the score, I thought it was just the scales moving in opposite directions. But actually, for the most part, the whole ensemble is moving upwards. Prepare yourself for theory. We are going into theory land. Come with us. Briefly. Briefly. <laughs> 
So the progression is tonic to five flat seven of flat three to flat major three to five flat seven of flat five to flat major five to five flat seven of diminished seven to flat major seven to five to tonic one. And in A major, that would be an A major to G major seven to C major to B flat major seven to E flat major to D major to G major to E major and then finally to A major. And what actually makes this sound so unique is that you will have noticed these are all major chords, some of course with the added sevenths for fun. But they sound slightly dissonant in practice because of the ever-changing accidentals that are not in the key of A major. Um, so we get these strange major sounds that aren't really supposed to be there. Because usually you'd have some minor, some diminished chords for tension here. But Dvorak is really able to accomplish all of those functions just with a really interesting major chord progression, which I think is very cool. And as a result, it really just kind of sounds like that, I think it's the HBO opening from the 90s. You know, the really loud noise. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It went like... Oh, the THX opening. Yes. The THX stinger. Yeah. Yes, All right. I know. <laughs> now, Dvorak does not, unfortunately, end this piece with the THX stinger. <laughs> he ends it, of course, with the repeated tonic chords. So, of course, we've really focused on just this wonderful Dvorakian music here today. But if you would like to know a little bit more about Dvorak's life and times... Go back and listen to our episodes number 36 and 100, where we did dive a little bit deeper into Dvorak's life. And, and on an interesting note, Dvorak was one of the first composers that we looked at when we started the coffee house. And now, what, a hundred and some odd episodes later, we're looking at him again. And we'd like to thank <laughs> everyone who's stood by us through that time, because that is an incredible journey that we are privileged to be on every two weeks with all of you. So thank you very much. And if you'd like to bring anyone else with you, that's also something that we would adore. Bring them into the fold of the comforting, welcoming arms of the coffee house. You can invite them in by sharing our show, um, either iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Share it with a like-minded friend, family member, colleague, or other music lover on the street wherever you may be share it with your worst enemy share it with your, your most worst... detested rival yes and maybe they will see a better way <laughs> and if you enjoyed what you've listened to today especially that outro go ahead and drop us reviews on iTunes, Spotify, etc and uh, we will see you in the next episode so for the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast I'm Mesa and I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening.
The Carnival Overture was performed by the United States Marine Band, conducted by Jason Fatigue. You can find The Coffee House on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.